I'll read a, a longer text than I have read in quite a while, but John chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 60 to 71, so 12 verses total here. It says this, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where He was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray Him. Speaking of Judas... And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. I'm not going to cover everything in this passage. I don't have time, but I am going to preach for just a little while on this thought, sticking with Jesus, sticking with Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. So glad all of you are here in the house of the Lord, a good crowd today, and so thankful my friend Pastor Chris Rose is with us from Salina, Kansas. He's been here numerous times, but glad he is here, and good to see uh, Brother and Sister Hillhouse back from their uh, preaching around the country. They've been all over the place, Louisiana and Arkansas and here in Kansas. And so we're glad they're able to be here when they're not out preaching the gospel some other place. As many of you know, if not all of you know, I like to eat. It's one of my favorite pastimes. I, I finish one meal and I'm already thinking about the next meal. Anybody else do that besides me? A few of you? Sometimes I'm thinking about the next meal before I even start the meal because I I need to figure out what I'm going to do then to determine how much I'm going to eat now or what I'm going to eat now. I I love to eat. I was raised in Louisiana, born in Mississippi, raised in Louisiana, and the only real thing I miss, miss about Louisiana is the food. If you've had Cajun food, you know it is... uh, some of the best food there's going to be, and as I've mentioned this before, it will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's, there's no question. Except with one caveat, all of the best Cajun food is made with unclean animals from the Old Testament. So I don't know, we're in a dispensation of grace. So maybe, maybe we, can, we can have crawfish and shrimp and catfish. Now raised in Louisiana, I, I like those three things I just mentioned. All of them are not kosher, shrimp and crawfish and catfish. And when, when I was raised eating catfish, I only like fried catfish. 
I mean, blackened is okay every once in a while. I was raised with this kind of seafood, but, but I'm not a real seafood lover. If I go to a restaurant, I'm not getting salmon. They don't have salmon in Louisiana, so why would you eat it? My wife, on the other hand, she loves salmon. If I go to a, a restaurant and I eat fish, it's going to be crawfish or shrimp or it's going to be catfish. It's just the way it is. And if you've ever had catfish that's fried, I don't know if you like it the way I do. But the thinner, the better, because it makes it really crispy when they cook. Anybody like some crispy, thin fillets? Got a few hands? Anybody hungry right now? Anybody want to go to jumping catfish down the street? <laughs> but when you're eating catfish, and I was raised doing this, eating those catfish fillets, where they cut the, the fillet off of the, the fish, every once in a while, you'd get a bone. My parents would tell me, now be careful that you don't swallow a bone, and if you've ever had a bone from a fish in your mouth, I mean, it, it's... It can, you can figure out in a hurry why it could do damage if you swallow this bone. And because of things like that and others, people began to say, eat the meat and spit out the bones. That saying became not just synonymous with eating fish, but it became a saying that when you're hearing some content or you're hearing something that not all of it is good, is that you eat the meat and you spit out the bones. That, that you can listen to somebody and if they're having, they got some good stuff to say, but some other stuff is not so good, that you, you take the good and you get rid of the bad. You eat the meat, you spit out the bones. When it comes to the Word of God, there are no bones. It's all good. That everything in the Word of God is good and everything in the Word of God brings life and It is the Word of God that is the bread of life. It is the Word of God that will help us to know how to be saved and how to live like God wants us to live. And so we go to the Word of God and we read it and we study it. Then there are things that we read and things that we study and we go, I don't get that. I don't understand that. Some things are super easy to understand. A little child can understand certain things and there's other things you could be a scholar and scratch your head and go I, I don't get that sometimes it's we don't understand what it means and sometimes we understand what it means we just don't like it we don't we don't understand why God would mean what he says in that particular place and not everything in scripture fits in with our culture there was a time when we were a Judean Christian culture, and what that means is that our culture was founded upon the Word of God and that people lived according to the principles of the Word of God, but that day is quickly fading in the rearview mirror. That no longer is our culture all about what does the Bible say or what does God say. They don't care about what the Bible says, and they don't even believe in God, and, and much less that God would have a Word that we could read today and understand and study and know what He likes becomes, to them, it's like all bone and no meat because they don't believe it. The context of our text today, the the backstory of what I read to you is this, that Jesus had walked on the water. He had left and went across from where He was because He thought they were going to try to make Him King and Messiah then. And he, He disappears and He walks across the water and He comes to Capernaum. 
As he's doing that, the disciples, he had sent them and told them to get in the boat, go to the other side. And they see him in John's gospel and his telling of this. They see Jesus, think he's a ghost. He's walking across the water. And he says, fear not, it is I. And immediately the Bible says that they were at the land. They, it was only about six miles, and they're rowing hard as they can trying to get there, but the winds are contrary, and the, the waves are keeping them from getting to their destination. And here comes Jesus. He's just walking along. He would have passed them by. And he told them to go to the other side. He expects them to get there. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows they're going to make it. They might be late, but they'll get there. But when they see Jesus, the Bible says immediately they were at the shore after toiling throughout the night. And Jesus, as Luke's gospel would tell us, it was his custom to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. For us here in New Testament times, us Christians, it, it should be our custom to go to church on Sunday. If you want to be like Jesus, you've got to show up for church every week because Jesus did. Oh, I'm meddling now. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, he's meddling. But I'm glad that you're here, but you can look around and see people that aren't, so you can tell them that they need to be in the house of God on Sunday. If you want to be like Jesus, this is where you need to be every week. He goes to the synagogue, and he stands up to teach. People recognize he's a rabbi, and so he gets... Up and he begins to teach, and as he's teaching, he gives one of his hard sayings. You saw that in John 6, 60, the first verse. This is a hard saying. And what that means is it's something that is difficult to understand or something that people just don't want to hear. It is a hard saying. It's difficult for me to wrap my mind around, or it's difficult for me to, to understand why he would say that. And in those kinds of situations when Jesus gives a hard saying or various other things that take place in our life, we have to make a decision on whether or not we will stick with Jesus. Over the next 15 minutes, I'm going to give you five truths about sticking with Jesus. You can count them as we go. The first truth about sticking with Jesus is this. That we are to stick, though others will be offended at Jesus and His Word. You ever met anybody who has been offended at Jesus and His Word? That they don't like what Jesus stands for, or they don't like what His Word says? These people in the story, they are offended at the Word of Jesus. They're offended at His teaching. He has told them prior to the text, as He's standing there teaching, He's he talked about the manna in the wilderness. It was bread that came down from heaven. He said, your fathers ate this bread in the wilderness, and yet they died. None of them are here. They all passed away. But he says, I'm the true bread coming down from heaven. And that if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, then you'll never die. And they're going, I don't get that. What do you mean? How can we eat your flesh and how can we drink your blood? And he's not talking in a physical sense. He's talking in a spiritual sense that if we partake of who he is, if we partake in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we will live forever. They missed what he was saying. 
because of that, they're offended at His Word. And you're telling us something that doesn't make any sense. You're telling us something that we don't like in our world. And even for some of us in this room, we desire to fit in. Nobody wants to be an oddball. If you want to be an oddball, go ahead and lift your hand right now. I don't want to be an oddball. I would much rather everybody be like me and everybody think that I'm cool. We desire to fit in, but the way I live, the way I talk, things that I don't say, things that I don't watch and things that I don't listen to and things that I don't wear and places I don't go, they make me different. I don't fit in with the crowd. Chamber of Commerce, I do a lot of stuff with the Chamber of Commerce. I'm an ambassador with the Olathe Chamber and I MC. My friend Terry here is where we met at the Chamber of Commerce. They Occasionally they'll do social events. Happy hour. And not everybody drinks when you think of happy hour, but there's plenty of it going on. And it's just like, I don't drink. And I'm usually busy on Thursday afternoon. But most people that are there, they're drinking various things. And since I don't drink, I, don't, I just don't fit in. And when people don't fit in, they're not sure they want to stick with Jesus. They're not sure they like what Jesus has to say. That They're not sure that they, they're going to stay with Him and they have this desire to follow the crowd. The Bible would teach us that there is absolute truth. And our culture would say that there is no such thing as absolute truth, that everything is subjective and everything is relative, and that your truth is as good as my truth, even though they may conflict. And when you tell people that Jesus says there's absolute truth and there's only one way to believe about this subject or this idea, people get offended. And when they get offended, they have the likelihood that they will walk away from Jesus. So when people get offended at the truth of the Word of God, you stick with Him anyway. When people don't like the message of salvation that we preach or that Jesus preached or that Peter and Paul preached, stick with Him anyway. Don't be offensive with the Word, but don't be offended at the Word. Second truth is this, stick when others abandon Him. Verse 66, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Understand that this is not a spiritual walk that he's speaking of here. They were physically walking with Jesus. That everywhere Jesus went, he's walking and he's got the twelve and he's got other people and other disciples that are walking around and they're seeing the miracles that he did. They're seeing him perform healings and they're seeing him multiply loaves and fish. But some who saw all of that still walked away. For various reasons. I mentioned the sower and the seed in Sunday school. And I won't belabor this point, but four people heard the word of God. Four types of soil that Jesus mentioned. One doesn't receive it at all. Three of them receive the word. 
they take the word. It begins to, to get a little bit of, of root in their life. But two of those three abandoned Jesus. Two of those three that heard the word, they walked away from the word of God. Paul would say this of his fellow laborer, Demas. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He started out with me, and he was walking with me, and he was doing ministry with me, and he saw great revivals in various cities that Paul would go to, and Demas saw all of that. There came a point when Demas said, I'm going to turn from that. I'm going to walk away. I love the world. I love the things of the world. I love the ways of the world. I'm not willing to put my life on the line for this message of the gospel and Demas abandoned not only Paul, but he abandoned Jesus as he walked away. You and I must stick with him even though other people abandon him. You may be in this room today and you have family that have walked away from Jesus. That's tough. We'll stick with him anyway. Whether it's a spouse or whether it's a child or whether it's a grandchild or whether it's a grandparent, no matter what it is, you stick with Jesus even though other people walk away. That when other people give up on Jesus and say, I don't understand, I don't like it, I don't want to do it anymore, you stick with Jesus. The third truth about sticking with Jesus is you stick because there is no one else to go to. And this is really what started this message for me. When Jesus asked the twelve in verse 67, do you want to go away as well? Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Lord, to whom shall we go? It is a question that all of us may answer and have to answer at some time. But notice what Peter says. He doesn't say, where shall we go? He doesn't say, to what shall we go? He says, to whom shall we go? The Old Testament Israelites, they never denied God. They just turned to other gods. They didn't say God didn't exist. They didn't go from serving God to serving no one or nothing. They always went to some other god, to some other pagan god, to some idol worship. It's always to something else. And sometimes when we are tempted to walk away from Jesus, we may not go to another person or another teacher. It may just be we're going to go to ourselves and trust ourselves. I'm going to turn to me. I'm going to do what I want. And we put ourselves on the throne of our lives instead of Jesus. There are temptations that come with when we don't understand and we go through difficult situations. When we don't understand the word or we don't understand the requirements of what God wants or we don't understand the trial that we're going through. Temptation number one is to turn from Jesus and to, to someone or something else. Temptation number two is to change the words of Jesus to make them more acceptable it is 
what the majority of mainstream Christianity has done. They haven't just turned from Jesus. They still talk about Jesus. They've just changed His words to make them acceptable. They've, they've changed His words just to make them more palatable. They'll still read the Bible. They just change what it means. They'll change the applications that is clear in Scripture. And go, I, we don't like when Jesus says this, so we're going to just decide that He means something else. A local church pastor, and, and this is secondhand, and if it didn't happen this way, then I apologize for repeating it, but pastor's one of the largest churches in the world. And the story that he told on a podcast or radio program was this. He had to make a decision what he was going to do about his stance on homosexuality and homosexual marriage. And the story as it was told to me is if he took a stance against it, he figured his church would stop growing. People wouldn't come. So he thought about it about it I guess as well and his decision was this he decided not what the word says not not what God said to me but his words were this he decided that God wouldn't want people who love each other to be unhappy and so their happiness was more important than God's holiness that their happiness was more important than believing the word of God and their happiness was more important than standing up for the word of God change the Word of God to mean something else. To whom shall we go? John the Baptist had doubts in the middle of difficulty. He gets thrown in prison. He's waiting to have his head chopped off by Herod. And the one who had proclaimed Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he sends disciples to Jesus and he said, go and ask him, is he really the Messiah? Is he really the one? I'm, I'm in prison here. I'm getting ready to get my head cut off. Is he really the one? And it is the question that we face when we go through difficulty and we're trying to figure it out. Are you really the one? Do I really need to stick with Jesus? But I would tell you, there's nobody else to go to. There's no other place to go to. There's no other one to go to. You've got to stick with Jesus because he alone has the words of eternal life. Jesus alone has the words of eternal life. That is the fourth truth, and I'm hurrying. Only His words will give you eternal life. Our world says that all roads lead to God. They don't define that God. They don't define what that means. Just sounds good. Just do whatever you want. You'll get to God eventually. It'd be so nice if it was true, but it's not true. Jesus would say, straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to life. And few there are that find it. But broad is the way and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And many there be who go in thereat. Anyone, Jesus said, that doesn't come through the door, that doesn't come through him, they're a thief and a robber. There is only one way. There is one God and one gospel and one way and one salvation. 
anything else will not get the job done. Which is why Paul said, if anybody preaches any other gospel, then what I have preached to you, let him be accursed. He said, it's really not another gospel, because gospel means good news, and anything that doesn't get you to heaven is not good news. Anything that ends in your destruction is not good news. So any change in the gospel that will lead you away from heaven can't be good news. It can't be the gospel. There is only one gospel. And lastly, stick until our knowledge equals our belief. That Peter ended his response to Jesus in verse 69 and he said this, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. We believed it. We saw the signs. We saw the wonders. We saw the miracles. We believe that you were the Holy One of God. But there was still a little question. We still weren't sure all the way. We believed it to be true. Have you ever believed something to be true? We're convinced it was true, and then you go and study it out and go, that's not true. Anybody? That's where Peter is. He said, Lord, we believed all of this. We just kept believing. We kept following. But now we know that that which we have believed is really true. It's not just, our, it's not just a matter of our faith. We know that you are the Holy One of God. Sometimes there is a process to knowledge. You can say, I, I know this to be true, but what you really mean is, I believe it to be true and I want it to be true. But when you spend time with Jesus and you're around Him long enough, your belief becomes knowledge. I know He's faithful. I, I believed He was faithful. I believed He was a provider, but until He actually provided, now I know He's a provider. I, I've heard that He was a healer. I've heard it all my life. I read it in the Scripture. I see it. But until He heals, now I, I, I know He's a healer. Now I know that what I have believed is really true, that I wasn't just putting my belief out there. It wasn't pie in the sky, but, but everything that he said and everything the Bible said about him, it's true. I believed it, but now I know it. You may have heard oh, this speaking in tongues of, I, well, the Bible says it's possible. I believe it's possible, but then you experience, you go, now I know. Now I, now I know what, what it means, and now I know what it feels like, and now I can understand and know what it means to be a child of God. I heard that He was the peace that passes all understanding, but till I go into a difficult situation, now I know because I felt His peace, and I felt His comfort, I felt His presence, and I felt His power. Now I know. What I would tell you is this. You and I are called to believe even when we don't understand. It's a hard saying, Jesus. I don't get it. It doesn't matter. You'll get it eventually. Just keep believing that what I said is true. God, I, I don't understand it. Believe it anyway. Lord, I don't even know if I like it. Believe it anyway. 
Believe when things are uncomfortable and believe when things are going bad and believe when things are challenging. And believe when you're facing a difficult situation and believe when you're sick and you need healing. And believe when you don't have a job that He's a provider. And believe when you haven't felt His presence in a while that He's still there. That He's still calling you and He still wants to be in relationship with you. Believe it until you know. Oh God, I believe this. I believed you were a provider, Lord. Just because I believe your word. But Lord, when I need provision, show up, Lord. I'm going to stick with you, Jesus, until you provide. I'm not going to stick with you for a week or two or a month or two. And, and when you don't come through on my timeline, I'm, I'm going to walk away. Or I'm going to stick with you until my knowledge equals my belief. Until you prove that you are indeed a provider. And God, when I'm sick, I'm not just going to pray a time or two and give up. But Lord, I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe until you heal me so I know that you are a healer. God, when things aren't going like I want them to, when I don't understand, I'm going to believe your word is true. God, when others walk away, when others turn away from you and they say it's too difficult, it's too hard, it, it doesn't fit our culture, it doesn't fit my preference, Lord, I'm going to believe until I know your word is true. Until I know that what you have spoken is really the only way. My admonition to you today is this. If you haven't come to Jesus for salvation, there's no better time than today to trust His Word when He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through Me. And the way you do that is you come and you repent of your sins and you tell Him you're sorry for what you've done and that you're going to change from your lifestyle and you're going to change from your sinful ways and you're going to commit to following Jesus. That wherever that may lead, I'm going to commit to following You. Have your sins washed away in the waters of baptism, and you receive the infilling of His Spirit, evidence of speaking in a language that you do not know. I believe your word, Lord, and even if I haven't experienced, I'm going to believe it until I experience it, then I will know. That's my first admonition is if you haven't come to Him for salvation, today is the day. The second two things is really just to determine in your heart that you're going to stick with Jesus no matter what. No matter who walks away and no matter how difficult it gets and no matter how much you may feel disappointed when He doesn't operate on your timeline, but I'm going to stick with you, Jesus. Lord, I, I'm committing to not be offending at Your Word. Your Word says, Blessed are those who are not offended in You. And Lord, I'm not going to be offended at You and Your Word. If I don't understand, I'm just going to seek You more. I'm just going to go to you more and ask you for understanding and for help. And thirdly, determine to trust Him when you don't understand Him. When you don't understand why He delays and you don't understand why He doesn't answer the way you want Him to, to determine to trust Him and to follow Him. Would you stand together and
And I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to the front, whether you fit in the category of you haven't made your salvation and election sure, you haven't committed to following Him and experiencing the new birth. Today is the day you can do that. So whether it's that or you already, you've experienced that and you're just coming and saying, God, I'm going to stick with you. Jesus, I'm going to stick with you no matter what. I'm never walking away. God, I'm committed to following you for the rest of my life. I'm committed to spending an eternity with you. I'm sticking with you. So wherever you are in that process, would you just make your way to the front right now? Would you tell him that, Jesus, we love you. God, we're going to stick with you. We're going to stick with you. God, we're going to serve you. We're going to follow you. We're going to come to you. And every time we have a need and we're going to believe you, Lord, that you're going to you're going to take care of us. You're going to answer. You're going to move upon us. Yes, Lord. There's nothing else we want to do but be in your presence and be with you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.